This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, the latest flare-up in the fight over public bathrooms on streets in San Francisco. As San Francisco struggles to provide shelter to a surging unhoused population, emails from early this year show that one of the city's leaders on the crisis pushed for the removal of porta-potties at some sites where people camp. The idea was that a bathroom could attract people to stay. He urged instead that the city's public works department open bathrooms at shelters, not on the street. Some advocates for unhoused people, though, were furious, and San Francisco Supervisor Matt Haney, who has funded these 24-hour bathrooms, set a public hearing for this Thursday on the issue. City Hall reporter Mallory Mensch has the story, and she joins me. Mallory, how are you? I'm doing all right. It's been a busy day. Thanks so much for coming on. It's a fascinating story, and partly because it taps into so many tensions about the growing problem of homelessness in San Francisco and other cities. Uh, Why is this such a big issue, and why are people getting upset and they want to have a hearing about it? The debate fundamentally is whether the city should be providing these amenities to people living on the streets. Uh, It appears from some of these emails that some city leaders, as they are trying to get people off the streets and have made some progress in doing that this year into other forms of shelter, they don't want people to return and they don't necessarily want to have these toilets available so that there are some amenities for people um, to be on the streets. Um, Other people say that this is a basic human dignity and And yes, ideally, we do need to get everyone housed, but that is very difficult to do and probably in the far off future. So in the meantime, we should provide these basic needs for people who are homeless. And they added for other people, such as Uber drivers or community members who are walking around who might also need to use these bathrooms. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned human dignity for people that are living on the streets that do not have a home. The just the basic idea of going to the bathroom can be a big challenge. And that has been a struggle that the city has really not done a good job at. Definitely. It's been a problem that I think many residents and visitors have complained about. You can see it visibly on the street. If there's nowhere to go, you're going to see the results of that on the sidewalks. Um, And as a result, uh, you mentioned Supervisor Matt Haney has um, pushed to get some of these sites in the past. Uh, Two years ago, he used some money, some budget money to his district um, to start uh, three of these 24-7 bathrooms. And these are more permanent sites. They were pretty well used. They helped reduce um, the problems with uncleanliness on the streets. And so they'd like to expand that. Um, During the pandemic, they exploded this and they created uh, many more sites. Um, but these were mostly temporary porta potties, and some of them were twenty four seven as well. Um, and the debate now is mostly over those temporary uh, porta potties, which were placed near encampments. And then once those encampments are cleared, the city saying, "Well, we're going to remove those toilets as well, so that people don't come back." Okay, here's Supervisor Matt Haney's reaction to the idea of shutting down or moving public toilets. These bathrooms, I think, are such an obviously good thing for our city that it was frankly infuriating to me to see the folks who are actually responsible for 
addressing homelessness and solving homelessness to be spending their time targeting these bathrooms rather than one, actually solving homelessness or two, acknowledging that part of the way that we respond to homelessness has to be uh, the livability of people who are out there, um, respecting their dignity and, and, and then working to bring them inside. All right. So let's get into it. Tell us about these emails that you've been reading about, you know, city officials going back and forth on this issue. For sure. There's a number of emails uh, dating back to January and then going up to March. And these are largely between the head of the San Francisco's Healthy Street Operations Center, which is basically a multi-department initiative to respond to homelessness. And right now it's housed under emergency management who've been controlling all things COVID during the pandemic. And so that leader, Jeff Kaczynski, he's writing to public works uh, officials, the head of public works in a number of emails. And he's basically saying, you know, I have concern about these specific locations where we have toilets. We've gone in, we've resolved the encampment is what they say, basically cleared it and offered alternatives to people, offered housing to people to move into a hotel or a shelter if those are those limited spots are available. And he's saying, you know, if the mayor wants the city to be tent free, these are his words, we need to make some policy decisions. We, while I do not believe that porta potties cause homelessness, I think that San Francisco attracts unsheltered people to our city due to a real lack of real enforcement and the many amenities we provide to folks. I also think some of the porta-potties do lead to re-encampment. So those were his words and his some of the impetus behind wanting to remove some of these sites. Now, obviously, it's a big debate, but it can be very explosive when people debate in San Francisco whether the city attracts homeless people. Yes, it is. And I've heard this from from some readers as well, or some people who think that the city makes it too easy for people, although I don't think it's ever easy to live on the streets and not something I've done my I've had to do myself. Um, but it, it is a debate over what the city should be doing um, and whether there are circumstances here, even just communities of people who attract others. So in these neighborhoods, I mean, is there a split among residents the about the bathrooms what do they want to see i did go out to some of these locations uh a couple that were Toilets had been removed um, in the past couple weeks or months, and then some that were already there. And the people that I spoke with, granted, I didn't wasn't able to canvas everyone in the neighborhood, but uh, a few people I spoke with um, appreciated them. They said that they were helpful, and especially twenty four seven. I went to one site um, which apparently used to have a number of tents there, and they were not there anymore. And I met uh, a man and his partner who had been moved into a hotel and then more permanent housing. So they were a great success story of something that had happened during the pandemic. But they said that the toilets were really important to have around the clock. There was a park nearby and apparently they had closed closed and shut down the porta potty when the park reopened its restrooms as the city is reopening. But those are only open until six o'clock. So they said, you know, even people in the community who came to the park to play basketball in the evening, they would just be peeing on the side of the road along the curb because there was nowhere to go. So this was a problem for not just people who were homeless, but anyone who would come to use that particular park. And then you said that this was the Department of Emergency Management, and they're requesting these bathrooms from Public Works. Aren't these all divisions under the mayor? And and how can we assume the mayor feels about this? 
Yes, they are. And I, I did clarify that I can assume that, that the mayor agrees with the, the head of emergency management on this issue. And she was pretty pointed in her speech announcing the budget uh, last week as well that has a lot of investment in homelessness saying we are putting a lot of money and effort into supporting people and housing them. But we also are not going to really tolerate people living on the streets if we have other options for them. So they are pushing to get those people off the streets, get them out of tents, get them into housing. I think some advocates are are skeptical of the progress on that and that's being made. And therefore they say, well, we should, we should still be helping people out with toilets. All right. Well, we'll get more into that in a minute. Let's take a quick break. Back with Mallory Mensch on Fifth and Mission right after this. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Mallory Mench, Chronicle reporter who's writing about San Francisco public bathrooms, which always raise a lot of tension and larger issues. So, Mallory, you mentioned that the mayor is in support of this effort to to try to move some of these bathrooms so that people don't stay in neighborhoods or on streets uh, where encampments have been. They want to clear encampments. She's been very clear that they do not want to have these encampments come back. So what was the response from advocates and other people, Matt Haney and others, to these comments. Why are they responding so angrily to them? Matt Haney really felt that, you know, basically it wasn't meeting the needs of people who were living on the street. He said this is about human dignity, and he felt it was more of a a play to basically get people who are visibly homeless off the streets to make things look better, but didn't think that it would actually uh, solve the problems because you may still have people living on the streets and then they may have to go to the bathroom on the streets as a result. Uh, So he felt that, uh, you know, it really wasn't addressing the root of the issue and was instead um, an affront to the dignity of people who have no other options. And he's put a big investment into public bathrooms, right? I mean, he's even put some of his district funding into it. He has. He did that two years ago. He put uh, some of his funding into uh, three bathrooms, 24-7 bathrooms that would run as a pilot. And it went well, so they they kept them going. And now he is uh, wondering what it would take to fund more of these bathrooms. That's part of the reason why he called the hearing on Thursday. Uh, He is also the chair of the Budget Committee, which is a pretty key role in getting money to different sources from the Board of Supervisors. So he may have some sway if he really does want to fund these in the future. But they are not cheap, uh, especially because they are staffed uh, by one or two people who work for nonprofit agencies. So last year, the the programs, all of these toilets cost the city $10.5 million. So it is not cheap to run them. Now, this debate, Mallory, it's happening at a very interesting time as we hopefully come out of the pandemic. And give us an update on the effort to, to rehouse people that have been in hotels Uh, give us, you know, how does that relate to this bathroom issue? 
It definitely does relate because I think many of the city officials are saying, hey, look at the progress that we've made over this past year. The pandemic created this crisis to get people off the streets, to get them out of encampments where it's there was a high risk of transmitting the disease. Um, but it also created all these new programs that made opportunities for people to get housing. So the city did move uh, around 2,000 people into hotel rooms, and now they are frantically, honestly, trying to get them into permanent housing because the federal funding for those hotels will run out at the end of September. And I was told today that they've done about 400 of those people have been moved into permanent housing. So they still have a, have a ways to go, more than more than a thousand to go. Um, but hopefully that will create more permanent opportunities for people. Uh, the city has also purchased two hotels last year with help of some state funding to permanently house people. And these are in units which maybe have a bathroom, maybe not, um, more like, like a hotel room. Um, and the city is is planning on purchasing two more hotels. So we're still waiting on details on that. But that could really provide more more permanent housing for people. And arguably, a city official say if someone's in one of those homes, then, you know, maybe they don't need a toilet on the street. So the implication in all of this is that the city is telling people, you know, we want to find shelter for you. Don't go back to these encampments. The city has more and more housing. But does it have enough for everyone? That's a great question. And I was speaking with the head of the Department of Emergency Management today. I asked her about it and I, she basically said, you know, we, we do have the housing, but there's challenges, you know, challenges to get people in that housing um, or to hook them up with the right spots. Obviously, people need to have a choice about where they live. And some of these sites, especially if you don't have your own kitchen or your own bathroom, um, may be less desirable. Um, but the city is relying also a lot on a voucher program. So as in subsidizing regular apartments for people which may be more appealing. And then the city has, has an array of apartments to choose from um, that they could try to place people in. Finally, Mallory, given the pandemic and these programs and, and the issue with encampments, what, what is going on on the streets? Have things gotten any better? What's the situation? The numbers actually have gotten better. Uh, they they definitely got worse at the beginning of the pandemic when shelters closed and, and more people just simply didn't have a place to go. But after a lawsuit that the city faced, um, the, the city started moving a lot of people into hotels. And uh, compared to April, from April last year to April this year, um, the number of tents on the streets has dropped by 65%. Uh, so that's pretty significant. Uh, that doesn't include tents that have been put into safe sleeping sites they're called which is basically sanctioned tent encampments where people can can park their tents in a in a parking lot or something and they get some city services including those bathrooms that i mentioned and also a guard for security and i think there is a plan to continue some of those sites although they are very expensive to run all right mallory well thanks for taking the time okay thank you thanks to my guest today chronicle reporter mallory mensch to king kaufman for producing this episode and thank you for listening